0: Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like FanFave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 Tuned into the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast, it's a teaching tutorial Thursday, which means class is about to be in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University momentarily. Love Greg Cosell Thursdays. A lot to get to. I mean, in the last 24 hours since we did yesterday's show, three Hall of Fame coaches, all in their 70s, are moving on. And I don't know how many of them sound like Saban won't coach anymore, but Pete Carroll kind of sounded like he still wanted to. And I'm very confident Bill Belichick will. We'll get into all that momentarily. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. You guys know the deal. Tomorrow already, I'm giving out winners. Because you're all winners if you listen to the show or you watch. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. But those of you that go the extra mile by spreading the word this week, all you have to do is reply to any of the live streams of this show. YouTube, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, just reply to any of them. That's how you win. I got some awesome press passes coming up this week. I'll be in the booth with Kevin Harlan in Kansas City Saturday night. I'll be on the sideline with Spiro Didis and Mike Mayock Sunday night in Detroit. Going to be fantastic. Sponsor confirmation email winner. That's pretty easy. You take advantage of the code and get Emory's draft guide from the College Draft Podcast you guys know about the YouTube shout out. I already gave you the URL there. No new patrons today, so it's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, obviously we have six big games to get to, but there is no way I'm not going to ask you about three guys that have been coaching longer than you've been at NFL films, Greg. Can't say that very much anymore, but Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, all in the last 24 hours. I know we could probably do three shows worth of conversation on these guys, but what's just the
1: first thought off the top of your head when I mention those three names? You know, believe it or not, it's probably Nick Saban. Um, you know, I, I always loved the fact that he, he seemed to be so focused on process and that the process leads to the results. We all know it's it, it's a win business. You have to win games. Obviously, college football is different than the NFL, Ross, as you know. You do both college and the NFL. Um So college football is different. You're dealing with younger kids. There's, there's likely more teaching, pure teaching going on because they're younger. uh, And they're more, uh, you know, I guess they're more receptive to that. Um, But I always loved just the whole idea of process as if you're, you're coaching against the game of football, uh, as opposed to your opponent. And if you do that correctly, then the results will take care of themselves. And I, I, I just, kind of love that approach about process. So Nick Saban was a guy that uh and I don't I've never met Nick Saban. I don't know Nick Saban. Um obviously, you know people can sit here and say, "Well, he just got 5 stars, so he had great players." You know, that you can say that about a lot of great coaches. Normally great coaches, Ross, as you know, tend to have pretty good players. Um but uh maybe there's a reason for that as well. But but Nick Saban was the one that really struck me when I heard about that on uh uh on Wednesday.
0: Well, listen, Alabama wasn't winning the national championship every other year before he got there. Correct. So he had to do something to get those five stars that if they weren't getting them before. And also there's other programs where they recruit very, very well and don't have nearly, nearly the same level of sustained success. Uh, As far as Belichick and Pete Carroll, Greg, anything noteworthy, maybe schematically that you noticed from those guys. It's interesting because Pete Carroll, had that run where he was kind of known for, you know, the cover three and the longer corners and bigger safeties. Belichick, I guess I thought of when I was in the league, uh, the biggest thing that I thought was so interesting about Belichick is how they could totally change their game plan from week to week, like an amoeba. I mean, they could come out and be two tight ends, and the next week it's spread, You know, you really did not know what you were going to get from him on a week-to-week basis, and I think that –
1: I know that kept our coaches up at night. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I I don't think people realize how hard that is, Ross, because, you know, to be able to – it's not a matter of what it does to the opponent. You have to feel good that your players can execute totally different concepts on a week-to-week basis, which means you have to teach those concepts in a way that's clear and understandable, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because on the defensive side of the ball, if one guy makes a mistake or is out of position or doesn't see it the same way as the other 10 guys, you can give up big touchdowns. Um, So I think that that's one thing, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's one thing about coach belichick that is just not r- really talked about enough because that is really really difficult to do at the nfl level
0: you know i remember one time greg coming out of the huddle and we had never seen it before i was playing guard they didn't have a single guy in a three-point stance yeah, on on a third and long, they were all walking around the amoeba defense, and our yeah. center Trey Teague. You know, we had never seen that before. Right, right. There was always some structure to a defense: three man front, four man front. Our center Trey Teague was like, "Uh, uh, just block somebody." Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that that was his call, Greg, because we didn't know it, it was the first time we had seen it. Yeah, and uh, man, that was that was something else, and. I also always remember just how well. I'm, look, we're talking. I'm talking about Belichick like he's done. He's not done. But I always remember, man. They they had that three four defense down pat. We would come back to the huddle, Greg, in Buffalo, and everybody would come back to the huddle. And we'd all be like, "I got my guy. I got my guy. I got my guy." It was a run for no gain, and we couldn't figure out like. But if they all like played their gap and they were all two gapping and played their technique, you might feel like you had your guy. But but the running back wasn't going anywhere. It it, it was really and that you know what he also Greg, one of the first guys to really understand the impact of edge guys that could set the edge. Yeah, yeah. Because with Vrabel and McGinnis, that was the problem. They would crush the collarbone of the tight ends to the strong side. And then even if you all felt like you got your guy, it was all jumbled up and there was nowhere for the running back to go because they set the edge
1: right there, right now. The the, the one final thing I'll say about Belichick, the, the game that to me – and I, I did this in the book that I did with Ron Jaworski, The Games That Changed the Game, was the Super Bowl when they beat the Rams, and how he studied the the Rams' defense in such detail that he decided, based on film study, that the key to their passing game was Marshall Falk. When he was offset, he was the key to the passing game. So he did what we became known as the bullseye defense, where he had his edge players basically run right at Marshall Falk, not rush the quarterback first, run at Marshall Falk, and hit him to prevent him from being a route runner, a primary route runner in the uh, passing game. And obviously we know what happened. They won the game. But, I mean, just the way he came up with that, I don't know if anybody else would have thought of it quite that way.
0: Let's get to these games, Greg. There's a bunch of good ones. You know, people a lot of times the Saturday four thirty game is like, eh, not this year, man. Joe Flacco and the Browns at C.J. Stroud
1: and the Texans. Are you giving me a clean slate here? Is that it? Blank like- slate. Yep. Well, I mean, obviously we could talk about each game for an hour. So, you know, I'll just try to hit some some things that I think are, are really interesting. Number one with the Browns, you kind of know what you're going to get on the defensive side of the ball. You're going to get a lot of single high, but you're also going to get a lot of coverage looks that are a little murky because what Jim Schwartz does is he sort of has a cover 2 invert, a cover 3 invert it's a little murky, things that probably C.J. Stroud, because he did not play in the Week 16 game things that C.J. Stroud has not seen before, but you will have to attack single high coverage, that's critical, whether it's cover 3 or cover 1 and, uh, you know, they've now developed Nico Collins, who's their boundary X and he's shown the ability to pretty much win on the outside against any corner, and I know the Browns have a lot of injuries in the secondary as we speak on a Thursday morning. I'm not sure who's lining up and playing in the secondary for the Browns this week, but I'm really anxious to see C.J. Stroud against a Jim Schwartz defense.
0: So am I. Man, some of the throws he makes, Greg. Did we miss something with him? Did we miss something with him coming out? Like what? What, Why did so many people have Bryce Young ahead of
1: C.J. Stroud? Well, I like Stroud more just for a number of reasons, but I think, look, no one's right or wrong until really a guy plays in the league, you know, and, and and smart people are wrong on players, obviously. But I think there were in speaking to people, I remember a lot of people saying, oh, well, he's just another Ohio State quarterback and they don't do well in the league. To me, I think that's a lazy approach. I think you have to evaluate the player. I mean, you can be wrong. Even when you evaluate the player, you can be wrong. Uh, But, you know, I think a number of personnel people I talked to kind of fell into that category. And I think that 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 to me is not the right way to go about evaluating a player.
0: Let's move on to the game I'll be in the booth for. Westwood won with Kevin Harlan, his daughter, Olivia Harlan decker will be on the sideline. Oh boy. Ed, I
1: feel, I feel for her. It's going to be one Negative eight.
0: Yeah. Um, she, uh, she's a tough cookie though. She'll be great. Dolphins.
1: They're coming into this one really beat up Greg. Yeah.
0: Well, what are your thoughts on this game? My
1: thoughts on this game again, you know, I, you would assume that the passing games are not going to be as voluminous as usual just because of the weather. Um, Mike Martz had a really interesting comment where he said that it's not so much the quarterback, it's the receivers because it's, it's like catching a rock. And he says it's really hard to catch a football in that weather. So let's assume for a moment that no one's throwing it 45 times. Um, I think the run games become a big factor. I'm really anxious to see the uh, Chiefs' run game with Isaiah Pacheco, because they've been really good with the gap scheme run game. I really like Pacheco as a runner. I think their guards are really good. When you're talking about gap scheme, you're more often than not talking about pulling guards, and I think Trey Smith and and Tooney are really, really good at that. I think you would agree with that. Uh, So I'm very anxious to see their run game against a Dolphins defense that's a little bit beat up. And don't forget, even though their tackles are not beat up, you know, in the gap scheme run game, you're doubling tackles, you know. So I think that might be something to look for in this game. I think that's well
0: said. Um, You know, anecdotally, Greg, the colder it is, the harder the ball is, which makes it harder to grip. Yep. So I can speak to this as a guy that started games at center in Buffalo at the Meadowlands or whatever, the harder the ball is, it's like it expands. I don't know all the deflate stuff. All I know is the warmer it is, the easier it is to grip because it's, like, softer. The colder it is, the harder the ball gets, it, like, expands. And it's hard to grip, Greg, really hard to grip. Yeah. I didn't have big hands. I don't have big hands. So it was – I didn't like the I did not like the colder it was, the harder it was for me to really get a good grip on the football to snap it. So I guess that makes some sense. I think it's a little bit easier maybe if you're catching it with two hands and you're and you're using gloves. But as a center, I wouldn't really use gloves because I wanted to really feel that ball and it was it was not easy. What is easy, speaking of cold, is what cold beer to drink this weekend. It's the bat blue light. Drink some of those with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt, USA. Buffalo, New York. Four more games to get to, Greg. Let's get to the three on Sunday. The Steelers and the Bills. Steelers are playing better ball. The Bills, man, they are so fun. To, Josh Allen, Greg, here's my new line on Josh Allen. He's like Superman, and turnovers are his kryptonite sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, they're still a Josh Allen team when you get right down to it, you can talk about the run game and they do want to run the ball, but at the end of the day, it's going, they're going to go with Josh Allen and he was phenomenal after the first quarter uh, in the last game. Um, he was 14 for 15 in the second half. I kind of like what they did offensively. They did a lot of quick rhythm throws. They kept him, you know, hit that back foot, get the ball out, uh, stay consistent with his mechanics, deliver the football. Um, you know, the Steelers play a certain way. They can only play one way on offense. They're going to have to be able to run the ball. If they cannot run the ball, their offense is going to have a really, really difficult time. Um, We know they're going to be without TJ Watt on defense. That's a problem. Um, So the Steelers, in a sense, can win one way. Um, I think i think you have to look at this bill's defense and what sean mcdermott has done with all the loss of some really key players and yet this defense has played at a really really high level um and i think that's a real tribute to sean mcdermott and that coaching staff
0: so greg when you have george pickens and deontay johnson and pat friarmuth should they only be able to win one way
1: well you get to your quarterback i mean you know look my guess is there's a reason that Mason Rudolph has not played a lot in this league and when for the most part he's played, you know, he he's hasn't played extremely well He holds well. on to the ball. That's for sure. What's that? He holds on to the ball. He's, he does. He you does. know,
0: on, on the one hand, I admire his um, his willingness to stay in there in the pocket. But on the other hand, there's like three plays in a row where like the ball's yeah. get knocked out of his hand by the Ravens on Saturday.
1: I mean, I think you're going to see them attempt to hit some vertical shots against the corners. I don't know as we speak on a Thursday what Rasul Douglas's status is for the game. Um we saw him come out I think in the second quarter with a knee injury. Um, they will take vertical shots off play action. That's the way they're going to have to try to to create some explosive plays in the past game. And and and, and Mason Rudolph can make those throws even going back to college at Oklahoma state he can throw the vertical ball but he's not consistent from the pocket in terms of you know just running a pass game and you know the weather is not supposed to be an issue in buffalo at all so the question is can they run the ball can they sustain offense can they control the pace and tempo of the game or are they going to be caught with a lot of three and outs or or you know four and outs or five and outs and not really be able to sustain offense
0: packers Cowboys.
1: I think we'll have some explosive pass plays in that one, Greg. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's look at it from the Packers' perspective. One one point that's not really being talked about, because Jordan Love's played exceptionally well, is in um, each of the last three games, Aaron Jones has carried more than 20 times and rushed for more than 111 yards, and he looks spry, he looks fresh. Uh, but the Packers are a team that uses motion as much, almost as much as any team in the league. Jaden Reed's become their movement motion player. Uh, they're going to play against a lot of man coverage. You'll see a lot of motion motion um, to get free access off the ball. Um, Jordan Love is a very aggressive thrower of the football. Now, he could throw a pick or two in this game. Oh, he's only thrown one in, you know, in the last eight games, but I mean, he is an aggressive thrower, and he will push the ball down the field, and they push the ball down the field in their pass game. But I think the Jones factor is interesting. Another point to make about their offense, they've been really, really good at a 12 personnel, two tight ends. They just got Musgrave back. Tucker craft in his absence really became a good player. And the Cowboys usually match up to 12 with what we call big nickel with three safeties. And I think they'll feel that they can attack that. Ooh, interesting. Um, anyone in the Cowboys have the ball? Yeah. I mean, we know what the Cowboys are. You know, I think that, you know, Dak's been phenomenal this year. Um, he's been decisive. He's been getting the ball out to the right receiver at the right time. CJ Lamb has become a really, really dominant receiver. He lines up both inside and outside. Um, you know, I think over the last four or five weeks, they've incorporated the other receivers into the pass game a little bit more. Um, Ferguson, uh, while he hasn't had as much volume the last couple of weeks as he did for a stretch during the season, is still a difficult tight end matchup. Um, So we'll see. I think the Packers actually have a pretty good front. They've just struggled on the back end, particularly when they played zone. So we'll see how that plays out. But when I watch their front, I feel like it's pretty good. So you know, we'll see if they can pressure uh, Dak and if they obviously stop the run game and then get them into some longer yarded situations. Rams, Lions, oh boy. Sunday
0: night, Greg. I can just tell you're so excited.
1: That one, that one. You're dealing with two pass offenses that I just absolutely love to watch. You know, with, with – you know, you're dealing with reduced splits, you're dealing with with motions, you're dealing with stacks, bunches. They do such a good job with their route concepts, with their spacing. Um, I don't want to say they make it easy for the quarterback. Nothing's easy for a quarterback in the NFL, but they really do such a good job of defining throws. Um, They both use play action with the quarterback under center. If I'm not, Goff is definitely number one in the league in terms of number of under center play action snaps. I believe Stafford is two. So, that is really a meaningful part of both offenses and it's an under center play action is tougher to defend than shotgun play action. So I I'm really excited to watch this game in terms of the past games. Lastly, Greg, the
0: Eagles and the Bucks, Greg, I know you watch the Eagles every week because of some Uh, of the media stuff. What,
1: what has happened to those guys? Well, Couple of things are gonna happen in this game. Number one, Todd Bowles is gonna blitz coming off the bus. The Eagles have not shown any ability to deal with pressure. Um and it's as if they're they're just not aware. They're they're not alert to the pressure. When you play the Giants, who they just played twice in the last three weeks, and now you play Todd Bowles, you have to be alert for pressure on every play. And you know this, Ross. Even if your center is the one who calls the protections, teams that have the center call the protections always give the quarterback the ability to override that based on what he's sees. And I thought that Jalen Hurts did a poor job of that last week. He he didn't seem to be aware of where pressure could be coming from. And he's going to have to be aware of that this week, because Todd Bowles is as good as there is bringing pressure. On the other side, um, he, God, there's so much here, and we don't have enough time. But, but the Eagles' defense um, They've not been able to rush the quarterback. Their secondary is slow. They've gotten old real fast in the secondary. They're slow and their linebackers are not very good. But on the other hand, if they somehow can pressure the quarterback, I just spent yesterday and this morning before uh, Thursday, before I came on with you of watching about 250 Baker Mayfield dropbacks. And the Bucks O-line really struggles with stunts, really struggles. And the Eagles are not normally a big stunt team, but you know how it is in the playoffs, Ross. You've got to tweak things. You've got to play specific to your opponent because that's the game you have to win. So I'm really curious to see what the Eagles decide to do because it's very evident on film that the Bucks O-line struggles with stunts.
0: Greg, you are the man. Thank you so much for the time, as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Gosh, he's awesome. So awesome. You know what's not awesome? Having one of those old, lame showers or bathtubs, like the all-in-one, I don't even remember what it's called, but that's what we used to have until we got two updated, really cool showers from westshorebath.com. Right now is the time to lock in New Year's savings from Westshore Home. Fast, easy, convenient. They came to our house at like 8 o'clock because that's when my wife wanted them to come. It was awesome. They pulled out the old, whatever it is, fiberglass all-in-one shower tub and replaced it with, like, these brand-new showers in one day. Two of them. Not just one, two of them. Crazy impressive. Go to westshorebath.com. Why not schedule a free design consultation and then send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com. And get one of these signed press passes that I'm getting over these playoff games. Westshorebath.com. Ducks takes. All right,
1: Ross. Bill Belichick and the New England
0: Patriots are expected to part ways today. 24 seasons together. Unreal. I mean, what a week. Yesterday, Pete Carroll and Nick Saban. This morning already, Bill Belichick. A probably Jack have more to say about this tomorrow on a finish strong Friday. When I'm making the game picks, I'm probably going to dive into this a little bit more, especially since it seems pretty clear that Belichick perhaps, unlike Carol and Tabin, definitely wants to, and will coach somewhere else. Pete Carroll is out as the head coach in Seattle and he is transitioning into an advisor role. So that's interesting because he made it pretty clear that as he used the phrase, he competed hard to try to remain the coach. He wanted to stay as the coach in Seattle. So they say in a visor role, but he even said he didn't really know what that meant. And he made it very clear he wanted to keep coaching somewhere. So that is one to keep an eye on, just like you keep an eye on your DiGiorno pizza. Whether it's hosting game day, movie night, DiGiorno knows It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno.
1: Alabama head coach Nick Saban is retiring at age 72.
0: Right. And I know this isn't quote unquote NFL news, but guy had uh, a couple stints in the NFL as a DC with the Browns head coach with the Dolphins I actually played against him. The only regular season game I played in for the Patriots was against Nick Saban. And I talked to him about that when I called that Alabama Ole Miss game this year. He loved talking about the old NFL days with the Browns back in the 90s. That was like all he wanted to talk about. Two more notes, uh, Jack. The Bears fired their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, and four other coaches. I'm not that surprised by that. The Giants and defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, mutually parting ways. I might have more to say on all those things tomorrow, in fact. I think we're done here for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check
1: out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft. All on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.
0: Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, it is by far the best Valentine's Day gift you could ever get a loved one. And just do it now. Before you forget and you're scrambling late as to what to get somebody for Valentine's Day, we also have Pizza Boy Brewing sporticultural humanhead nyc.com steakhousesports.com, backoffice Those are all of the I think we're done here members of patreon.com/RT media that get a shout out at the end of every show for only a hundred bucks a month.